This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Roberts, and as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Roberts, and here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. I have to admit, last Monday was a lot more magnificent than this one. We're going to talk honestly and frankly about the game, but we're not going to sit here and self-loathe and feel sorry for ourselves and have some kind of pity party. That You can listen to other people to do that. I'm, I'm not here to do that. Had I recorded a show Saturday night, it probably would have been worthy of deletion, Uh, But I've taken some time to kind of relax a little bit and kind of take things in context. But here's the deal. I'm not going to make excuses for bad play for Mississippi State. That's not my gig. I'm not here to do that. I am on your side. I am on their side, too. But, you know, my loyalty obviously is to Mississippi State. But uh, I'm certainly not going to try to, you know, gloss over what was a bad showing on Saturday night. I give Arkansas credit for winning the game, but Arkansas is not a good football team. We lost to a bad football team. And we did it to ourselves. We did. We blew it, folks. We did. Now, and I've read, you know, and I've, you know, I've tried to reconcile this myself and say, well, you know, we, if, if they told you at the beginning of the year we'd be one and one after two games, you'd take it. And that's true. But that's the thing. It's like after the first game, I began to believe, like all of you, that, hey, you know what? Maybe we're ahead of schedule. We went in and beat LSU. And listen, LSU is a good football team. And we surprised them a little bit. We went down there and beat them in their own backyard. And I think perhaps maybe, you know, maybe we spent a little time too too long listening to our own uh, press clippings and these media reports and I wondered about that over the week last week. You know, with KJ, I mean, now he was the talk of college football. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, look at what this guy has done. Mike Leach has unleashed him on the SEC. And uh, there's all these media opportunities. And I understand he turned down a bunch of those requests. But be that as it may, there is the stark reminder to us, all of us that love the maroon and white, that we're not there yet. And that's the misery in the whole thing. It's like we all kind of prepared ourselves, hey, it's probably a 5-5 and type year. And then you win you win the game at LSU, and all of a sudden, you know, rational exuberance kind of sweeps through the fan base. And you think, you know, we've won seven of eight against Arkansas, and we've routed them the last two years. They're not going to be able to match up with us. And you know what? They didn't. They didn't match up with us. They did exactly what we expected to do, and they ran the, uh, you know, a lot of zone coverage. And uh, there were times we kind of methodically moved the ball down the field and then made a mistake. You know, KJ did not have a good game. He's human. Not going to beat him up too much, but at the end of the day, 
Uh, you know, he's a trigger man in the offense, and the offense sputtered much of the night on Saturday. And it's one of those things after the first quarter, and we're going to get into some of this. Yeah, I thought, you know what, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Yeah, we threw the pick six, and it gives them life. It gives them juice. And then we're kind of chasing the game a little bit. But I thought, you know what, we'll settle in. We'll be okay. Well, we weren't. There were some high things, some high points to talk about. We're going to get into some of that. But at the end of the day, no matter what I say today, or anybody else tries to break down. I mean, like I'm in Walmart today and hearing guys, you know, stocking the shelves saying, yeah, man, I just don't know if the air raid's going to work. Well, it worked last week. Okay, so everybody just kind of pumped the brakes a little bit. It's kind of settle in. It's been two games. We knew there was going to be some up and down this year. Well, here we are dealing with some down. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I, I did not get a chance to dine at Bulldog Burger this weekend, but I had some family that did and uh, had a great time. And uh, so here's what my oldest son, Ani, he and his wife were down, his lovely wife and our grandchild, grandchild got to spend the weekend with us. I was out signing books most of the weekend, but uh, she was here, got to spend time with some of her, uh, one of her aunts and her uncle. But there's this new jalapeno popper burger that I hadn't tried yet. Ani had it. He said it is the best thing on the menu. It is the best thing on the menu. Got pepper jelly in it and uh, cream cheese, I guess. It's it's incredible. I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to make plans to go do that this week. If you are a Bulldog Burger Company veteran, you might want to give this thing a shot. I like it when the new items kind of hit the menu. I I like it a lot because uh, I like kind of the rank and file stuff too. I like, you know, I know that I can go in there and get the Bulldog or I can get the Smokehouse. There is a consistency with all of that. But I like to change it up a little bit. If you guys know me, you know me well enough to know that uh, I'm anything but run-of-the-mill. And so when you, when you introduce something fresh, I want to partake in that. That's the new jalapeno popper burger on the menu. Bulldog Burger Company, two great locations to serve you. And, I know, and listen, it's a, it's a road game this weekend, so if you're looking for a place to congregate with other Bulldog fans, Bulldog Burger Company is a place you do it. You can have a cold beer there and a great meal. Bulldog Burger Company right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. You know, here's the deal. You know, if, the, if, if somebody had told you before the ball game, hey, State's only going to score 14 points, you'd call that thing a loss, right? But if somebody said, hey, Steve, Arkansas is going to score 21, you'd call that thing a win. I thought defense played pretty well. As a matter of fact, I give uh, them a lot of credit in the second half for keeping State in the ball game. Rob Falk dug up a, a nice stat. I hadn't verified this, but I, it, it rings true to me. After that opening drive of the second half when Arkansas went up 21-7 to put State in the deep hole, your defense allowed negative four yards on 22 plays the rest of the ball game. And there we were for months, you know, worrying about defense, and they're coming around. They are. Listen, we had some bust. I'm not going to say we didn't play. We didn't play perfect, but we played winning football and defense on Saturday. Now, Zach Arnett, because he is a perfectionist, would not agree with me. He could say, you know what, Steve, uh, zero is a perfect performance for the defense. Man, maybe we get a safety or two and win a ball game 2 nothing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, they had a good showing, but there's some teachable moments. And so, yeah, Zach would probably tell you, yeah, we, you know, we had a bust here, we had a bust there, and we did. But when the chips were down, the Bulldog defense stood up, did their best to play good team defense and keep staying in the ball game. So let's kind of break this thing down. Yeah, it's interesting. We win the toss against LSU. We win the ball game. We lose the toss against Arkansas. They defer. We lose the ball game. Not that that much has. Uh, it's, a, it's just a coincidence, but uh, worth noting. So we get going. We come right out of the gate. K 
KJ complete to Cam Gardner, who has uh, kind of become a first-quarter target of interest for me. It's interesting to see Cam Gardner was a guy that a lot of people thought was just kind of Jaguar, just another guy. But uh, here he is making plays. They were incomplete to Wally. When they were complete to Jaquavius Marks for 13 yards, we're rolling. We're already out there at midfield, and you think, all right, here we go, Arkansas. You thought you had it all figured out, but you don't. Kylan rushes for seven, and then that's it. That's it. He appeared to have fumbled the football. They didn't call it a fumble, and uh, they reviewed it. He He got absolutely smoked on the play. There was nothing malicious about it. I know anytime one of our guys gets hurt, you know, we always say we're trying to hurt him. And listen, that's football. Sometimes you want to get somebody's ball run, get them out of the ball game. But nobody plays with intent to injure unless you're at Ole Miss, I guess. But but uh, it was just a football play. Kylan gets hit in the back of the helmet and uh, does not return. And KJ's complete to Jaquavius Marks. We're down to the Arkansas 37. And it looks like, you know what, we're about to take this thing in. Dylan Johnson runs for three. Dylan Johnson played really well for us. And so now it's second seven at the Arkansas 34. And if you're like me, I'm thinking, well, we're going to get a touchdown here. But worst case, worst case, we'll kick a field goal. Nope. Pass intercepted by former Mississippi State commitment Greg Brooks. He takes it back 69 yards. Nice to the, to the house for a touchdown. I wasn't feeling especially nice. It just kind of felt like it was kind of a that, that familiar funk came in. You know what I'm saying? It's like Cowan's already out of the ball game. We've just thrown a pick six. How are we going to win without Colin? Uh, how are we going to win if we're turning the football over? Seven nothing. We go right back at the football again. Dylan Johnson for three. KJ complete to Jaden Wiley again. Another one of these freshmen beginning to kind of make some noise. Incomplete to Tyrell Shavers. Complete to Dylan Johnson for four. Uh, third and six. We go down to Jaden Wiley again. Another freshman for three. We go for it on fourth and three from the forty-nine. I was really surprised we did that, but I thought it showed a lot of confidence in Dylan Johnson and the offensive line. He goes off right side for six. Arkansas has to take a timeout there. We complete the Shavers for four and back to Dylan Johnson for three. And then we go to Malik Heath for one. Again, it's a fourth and two. We got a freshman running back out there. We're kind of in no man's land at 35. I think Ruiz probably could have hit a field goal from there. But instead, we go Dylan Johnson again for nine yards. That's a true freshman running back, folks, on a huge drive after we have not played well on two fourth down plays, kind of wills himself to a first down. K.J. complete to Jaden Wildy again. Marks is back in the ballgame, and on this drive, too, I think some fans missed this. Marks limped off the field earlier, and Dylan Johnson got all the reps at running back for a while with Kylan out, and Marks is somewhat inhibited at the time. Marks comes back in, goes for five. Runs for six. It's the first down inside the Arkansas 12. Then we get that, you know, personal foul. Pardon me. False start penalty. Backs us up five. Then we're incomplete to Dylan. And then a 17-yard touchdown pass to Javante Payton. That was absolute smoke. Great throw and an even better catch. And that's the thing, too. You look at KJ kind of fitting that ball into a tight window there. Makes a big play at 7-7. And then everybody kind of settled a little bit. It's one of those things too you begin to think about. You know, we've had two drives, okay? We methodically moved the football down the field, both drives. We had one glaring mistake, or this is a 14-0 ball game for Mississippi State. It's incredible how one play really changed the complexion of the early going in this ball game and ultimately the final score. 
If we go up 14 nothing, all of a sudden they're going to think, you know what, they're going to pick this dead gum zone apart. We're going to have to start bringing some pressure. We're going to have to maybe go gamble a little bit and go to some man coverage. I think that's kind of the key going forward. We've got to play within ourselves, not take chances with the football, because, again, because of one mistake early in the ball game, it's, a, it's a basically a 14-point swing. It really was. It's incredible to think about that in hindsight. But still at 7-7, you think, okay, now we're good. We're settled down. Arkansas gets the ball back, and then you know what? Zach Arnett's defense turns in a three and out. Rakeem Boyd goes for five. He ended up leaving the ball game. Felipe Franks incomplete. Franks runs for four, gets stopped short of the line. They punt. So now it's a tie ball game. We have the ball back after a three and out. Arkansas at this point just has a handful of yards on offense because, number one, they didn't need it. But, uh, you know, our offense is beginning to kind of flex a little bit of muscle. You begin to think, okay, they can't stop us. Only we can stop ourselves. We come out, then we're incomplete to Gardner. Complete to Osiris for three. Then we hit Osiris for a big play, 34 yards, already across midfield out to the 45. Jaquavius Marks goes for five. We're at the Arizona 40. And the next thing you know, we get off schedule. Costello sacked for 11 yards. This is the wild play here where they ruled him down and he wasn't down. And then they ruled he was grounding even though he had a receiver in the area. It was this – I have not been – I thought the officiating this year has been really good so far through two games. This is one I disagree with. You know, yes, he's falling down. Nobody is going to be that accurate. But he's trying to, you know, get the ball out into the direction of a wide receiver. He short hops it. It doesn't get there. But he did have a receiver within the area. I thought it was a bad call. Uh, third and 16, K.J. gets loose and runs for seven and slides, and then we punt. Again, a penalty gets us off schedule here. That's really the only that's the thing. You, you look at that first quarter, State is moving the football pretty much at will. You get a penalty and a pick. It wasn't anything necessarily that Arkansas was doing to slow Mississippi State down. I mean, you give them credit for Greg Brooks stepping in there and making a making a routine catch on a bad throw. But offensively, we're moving the football. Three possessions. We dominate time of possession. We dominate the statistic. I think I saw we had 170 yards. They're 14, something like that. Second quarter, Boyd goes for four, goes for one, goes for three, and they get a first down right at the sticks. Brule absolutely smokes Felipe Franks. Makes it a big sack, third and ten. Then they're complete to Burks. And they said it was a first down. I thought they initially ruled him short of the sticks. But... Um, be that as it may, it was, was a first down. Boyd goes for four. Franks runs for nine. Franks completes a Warren for 52. And, again, a bust in the secondary. Absolutely. Don't, don't know whose fault it was. Don't know what coverage was called there. A complete bust in the secondary. And the next thing you know, they're in business. Boyd goes for three, goes for three. And then for some reason on third and goal, Browse got a little bit cute. They decided to bring in K.J. Jefferson, and uh, I don't know that he gives you more than Felipe Franks. I think everybody knew once K.J. came in the ballgame that K.J. was going to run the football. Uh, he might be a little bit better runner than Felipe Franks, but down low like that, I think Franks is a, a good enough runner to kind of keep you honest. But they bring in K.J. He runs for one, London Craft with the tackle there. And then the next play, Marquis Spencer basically destroys K.J. Jefferson for, for a loss, and the ball comes out, not that it would have mattered, and uh, it's picked up by London Craft. So great goal line stand there. Again, That's we had the bust in the secondary, but then when the chips were down, Bulldog defense stood tall with their own ends onto their backs, made a goal line stand, thought it would have given us some juice there. Really did. 
We get the ball back. Marks for three. Then we're complete to Shavers for 11. It's the first down. We're already out to the 17. Marks goes for no gain. Then we're incomplete to Wally. Next thing you know, we're, we're, it's a possession play already. We're complete to Shavers for six. Well short of the marker. And then we punt. The first drive of the night that uh, we didn't really sustain some success there. But even with that, we did get one first down and kind of have a chance to play a little bit of field position uh, Tucker Day with a really nice punt out to the Arkansas 31. So we had a chance to kind of get them down the field and not put them in a plus pos- uh, field position situation. Arkansas gets the ball at eight minutes to go. Felipe Franks back in at quarterback. Next thing you know, it's first and 15 due to a false start. They run for three. Then Franks is good to Mike Woods for 10. Uh, and then, what do you know, is a face mask penalty that gives them the first down. Again, self-inflicted wound right here. Haven't seen the play. Not sure there was any malicious intent involved, but we're flagged for 15 there. Would have put them in a short, a third and two type situation. And the way the defensive front's played, you kind of like the odds a little bit. We don't see Rakeem Boyd the rest of the ball game. Trewin Smith comes in and runs for five, then goes for two, and then ranks goes for four. Complete to Smith for four, and it's a first down. Felipe Frank's good to 12 to Trey Knox, and then uh, Devion Walker. Uh, catches it again, and Devian Warren killed us. He had a couple of really big plays, and I still don't know how he got lost there. It was a complete bust uh, out in coverage. I don't know if the DB fell down. I just know when I saw the pass go up, I look back, and there's a defensive back standing about 20 yards behind the play. That's got to get better. Uh, A size Furge, it's his side. Listen, he has shown some moments, but um, he's struggling with consistency. So now it's 14-7, to and again, you go look at this drive. We helped him along. We helped them along. I, I don't blame them for taking advantage of our mistakes, but again, this is a situation where we're extending drives, we're doing silly things that get you beaten football games. But it's still only 14-7. As bad as we played, it's 14-7, and you feel like, okay, we just need to kind of settle in. Let's see if we can't get a score before the half and you know, maybe tie this thing up or at least pull within four points. We do nothing. For the second consecutive drive, and really the first three and out of the night, we don't do anything. We're incomplete to Cam Gardner, and they, they had pressure in, in uh, KJ's face. Complete to Dylan Johnson for a loss of three yards. Now you're behind the chains and incomplete to Javante Payton. Tucker Day with a 30-yard punt, punts it out of bounds. They're right there at midfield. And at that point, I think all of us said, you know what, Arkansas is going to go up two scores here right before the half and then have the ball coming out. We're going to be in a lot of trouble. But the defense, again, kind of steps up, does a good job here. Pank, uh, Franks again complete to Warren, who was, in my mind, the offensive star for them. Uh, then complete to Hudson Henry, but a loss of one there. Sean Preston comes up, makes a big lick there. I'd like to see more of him. Incomplete to Hudson Henry, Brule in Franks' face there, and incomplete to Mike Woods. And then they have to punt, trying to pin us back deep. They do punt, and again, there's just under three minutes to go. And we're, listen, we're a throwing offense, so we're always ready to go. We're not ever just kind of salting the clock away. So I thought even now, here's a second chance for us to kind of get even. We're complete to Marks for one, incomplete to Wally, complete to Dylan Johnson for 10 yards, and he runs for a first down. I really thought those freshmen played hard. They're not Colin Hill, okay? They're not. They're not as explosive as Colin Hill. You don't have to game plan on the strongest as Colin Hill is. But uh, the young guys I thought played well. Then we're complete to Malik Heath for 12, complete to Marks for three. We get a timeout, and we're driving – we got a chance here. We're right there at the 46. You feel like we can do some good things, and then we throw a pick. 
Costello picked by uh, Joe Fuchsia. They, they like him a lot, Fuchsia or Fuchsia. Uh, and then, again, Arkansas with another chance to go up two scores. Smith runs for 11, and they're at the Arkansas 47, and you feel like, you know what, they're going to do it. They're incomplete to Smith, incomplete to Smith again, and then Felipe Franks sacked for eight yards by Ty Wheat and Kobe Jones. We end up calling a timeout. They punt. We get one more chance. Doesn't work out. Complete to Marks for one. Complete to Mitchell for five. Incomplete. And then we got a punt again. It's incredible how much this thing uh, changed possession there in the towards the last you know five minutes of the second quarter. This is where I thought we had our chances, and we blew it. Offensively, we really had gotten into a funk. We'd had some success moving the ball in the first quarter. And then we finally get one sustained drive in the second quarter, and we end up throwing an interception. Thought we were very impatient there. Again, there was a defender underneath in the coverage there, and it's like KJ never saw him uh, trying to force the ball in there. And then next thing you know, it's gone the other way. One of those deals, too, you begin to think as bad as we played, we're only down seven. I thought Browse called a pretty good game, but for the most part, they were pretty anemic on offense. I mean, let's just be honest. They were not prolific on offense. We helped them along with some untimely penalties. We helped them along with some bust and coverage. If we just get out there and play sound defense, it's a completely different day. But the bottom line is defense will showed up on the second half. And listen, when the game was on the line, I thought that's when our defense probably played the best. And not to mention, you know, when you give touchdowns away and you give the defense a short end of the field, at some point it's going to break down for you. We really, really felt like when Arkansas came out, it's the second drive, second game in a row where the open drive of the second half, we gave up points. But again, they come out here, they, you go to Warren for three, then we're complete to Smith for two, then complete to Mike Woods for 20, and it's already out there at midfield, and we haven't even had a chance to get comfortable again. Complete to Hudson Henry there in Mississippi State Territory. Felipe Franks runs for four. Complete to Knox for nine. There's a penalty false start that backs him up five. Smith goes for 10 and makes it second six. Or pardon me, that was on second six. And Franks is incomplete to Knox. Brule back in the backfield again. Get used to that. Franks complete to Trail and Smith for 10 yards down to the 13. And we're hoping we can hold him to a field goal. Well, we don't. Smith goes for one. And they're complete to Hudson Henry for a touchdown. It is now 21 to 7. And there was a lot of unrest on social media, and uh, rightfully so. A lot of Bulldog fans were thinking, you know what, we're in really bad shape here. So we come right back out to be who we are. Costello complete the marks for three. And, again, we're having to throw underneath because they're dropping seven and eight in the coverage, and we're having to try to take the underneath stuff and try to get some catch-and-run stuff. We're complete to Garrett Schrader, his first college catch. He runs for eight, gets a first down. Then we're complete to Jaden Wiley for 10. It's another first down. And now you think, okay, we've kind of got him on the run a little bit. Marks runs for three. Marks goes for four. Third and three, we're complete to Malik Heath for a first down out to the Arkansas 40. Complete to Dylan Johnson for six. Complete to Peyton for no gain. There was some of that, too. That's got to get better. That's got to get better. We're complete to Jalen Wiley again for 10. His name was called a lot, wasn't it? Complete to Heath for four. Makes it second and six. We're complete to Dylan Johnson for two. We take a timeout. K.J. runs for three on third and four and slides. And here is something, and I, I don't believe that I'm singing off tune when I say this. Uh, and, I, and, you know, I, I, don't, I mean no disrespect to K.J. Costello because he is our quarterback. He is one of us. But Mississippi State fans are never going to be on boards with a sliding quarterback. But it's not. I mean, we are the people of Don Smith and Rocky Felker, uh, you know, Dak Prescott, Nick Fitzgerald. You know, those guys, Garrett, Garrett Schrader for that matter, 
those guys are going to you know, put their body on line and go get the first down for you. They're not going to slide. They're going to go head first if necessary, but they're going to find a way to fight for the first down. Well, we don't. We don't. But we, met, we've, we figured it out. Fourth and one, we go for it. Dylan Johnson, again, for the third time on the night, Dylan Johnson on fourth down gets the call and converts the fourth down play. Gets into the end zone for his first college touchdown. Now it's 21-14, and you begin to think to yourself, okay, we're okay, we just need to get a stop. Well, guess what? That's exactly what you got. Complete the Trey Knox for a first down, and then that then the defense shuts him down. Smith runs for five, Smith runs for two, and then for a loss of two, and then they're punting. We get the ball back at our own 23, and you think, okay, we're back within seven, and offensively it appears that we've found some th- we figured some things out. K.J. completes to Wally for 14. Get used to hearing that a lot. Dylan Johnson goes for two. Then we're complete to Mitchell for one. Then complete to 18, and we're down to the 42. Arkansas, we're knocking on the door, Arkansas. It's taking us all night. We're going to find a way to win this game even when we don't play well, so get ready. Marks runs for 10 down to the Arkansas 32. At this point, I really thought we had them on the ropes. I thought we had survived their, their biggest test, and we had them on the ropes here, and what do we do? We, we rush a pass. K.J. intercepted by Fusha again at the 21 and returns for 26 yards and 10 for Jaden Wiley. You know, it's, it's, it's first and 10, and I understand we got to run the scheme, but w- as bad as we had played, we had put ourselves in a position now to kind of put this thing away at least tie the ball game at home. And then you got to think, as great as the crowd was, they would have been even better. But again, your defense stands up, makes plays for you. Franks complete to T.J. Hammonds for a loss of five yards. And blocking the back. Now it's first and 20. That gets him off schedule. Now all of a sudden, Franks has to be a quarterback. He's complete to Smith for four, checks it down for two, incomplete. And uh, Crumbity's in his face. They have to punt. And then we had Jaden Wally out there and fair caught the ball at the nine-yard line. Again, here we are with the ball at home, down seven, with the most prolific offensive coordinator in, in the country. We're incomplete to Marks. We're complete to Dylan Johnson for six. It's a quick third and four. And then we go to Malik Keats for two. I thought he actually initially had the first down, and he tried to kind of work back uh, across the grain to make it a big play. And then I haven't seen the replay yet, but – Probably could have just pushed ahead there and got the first down. And that's something you got to work on. And then the next thing you know, we're punting. Reed Bowman punts 51 yards down to the Arkansas 32. And again, it's still plenty of time to go. And you begin to think we play a little field position here. Maybe we can, uh, you know, get a cheap score. Well, here's what happens Felipe Franks is sacked by Nathan Pickering. And then Warren rushes for a loss of seven and fumbles the football. And Aaron Brule is on it. So now we are at the Arkansas 21. In business, and it's like after all the nonsense that we have put up with and all the self-inflicted wounds that we've dealt with, here it is, Mississippi State's going to find a way to to tie this thing up. Well, that's not what happens. Johnson goes for one, then we're complete to Johnson for seven, down to the 13, third and two, Dylan Johnson runs for no gain, and then we decide to go for it, and K.J. throws the ball behind Cam Gardner. And then in in hindsight, Mike Leeds says he should have kicked field goal there. I agree. I also think in the moment, I don't even get that that wound up about, hey, if we go for it and don't get it because they're going to be backed up, and if they do punt, we'll probably get it somewhere around midfield. And so I'm not even that upset about 
not about making the decision to go for it here. On fourth and two from the 13, you know, back in, in the in the uh, spread days, you know, you think, okay, well, we'll just we're going to run the uh, quarterback counter here. Or we'll run the quarterback draw, and we'll get it. I just, again, I go back to the whole thing, too, about Dylan Johnson. I don't know how he was feeling and what the play call was. But, again, he was three for three on fourth down before this. Arkansas gets the ball back, obviously. They were juiced. And while it didn't go down in the scorebook as a turnover, it was a turnover. Smith goes for no gain. Incomplete to Warren. Incomplete to Smith. Three and out by your defense again. They get a punt. We get it to 50. And while he grabs it and brings it back to the Arkansas 30, I thought he might go. And again, here you are. We've lived dangerously the whole ball game, and here we are, first and ten at the thirty. All right, let's go. Well, what do you know? A substitution infraction. Now it's first and fifteen. Complete to Marks for seven. Back to Marks for three. And now it's a third and five. And then we go back to Cam Gardner, first and ten at Arkansas fifteen. Now the crowd's starting to feel it. Marks runs for three. We're incomplete to Peyton. Costello runs for five. And again, you know, we slide there. Um, probably not as upset about that one as I was about the other one because it was a, uh, you know, it's second and seven, I guess, or third and seven. And so then we decided to run the ball to Marks off right side, and they absolutely blew it up. And uh, I thought the play call was somewhat predictable. It's kind of a slow-developing play. But, again, I go back to Dylan Johnson, carried the ball early in the ball game, three for three on fourth down. And that's not a slide against Marks, but I think I'm a firm believer – in possession plays, you go with the hot hand. You go with the guy who's been able to move the chains. And, again, I'm not Monday morning quarterback on this, even though we're recording the show on Monday. I just – I didn't agree with the play call there. I, again, I, I'm not against the decision to go for it. But in hindsight, you know, you kick a couple field goals and you give yourself a chance. And who would have ever thought that Mike Lee could have to play for a field goal, especially against Arkansas? Arkansas gets the ball back. And, again, there's time left. And you're thinking, man, if we can just get a stop – Give us another yet another chance at this thing. The defense stands tall again. Smith goes for six. Smith goes for three. They go for it on third and one, and they get stopped and have to punt again. Another three and out by the defense. Uh, they punt while he recovers. And at that point, it seemed like the game was over. And for all intents and purposes, it really was. Then we're complete to Henry for no gain, and then they rush for two. We call a timeout with a buck 44 to go. Complete to Devion Warren for 11. Down to our 24, and you just kind of felt like that uh, they were just going to run the clock out here and we were going to be done. Uh, then they take a knee there, and then uh, they take a knee again. This is after a couple timeouts. Then there's an unsportsmanlike penalty called on Mike Woods that backs it up to the 50 because Arkansas could have kicked a field goal there and removed all doubt. They ended up having a punt. Austin Williams gets it down – uh, fair catch at the 12. Just a couple minutes to go. Pardon me, 25 seconds to go. Would have taken an, an absolute miracle. Didn't happen. And so we lose a ball game that uh, we had no business losing. And it's one of those things, too. It's like you look at the scoreboard and people say, well, you know, this happened and that happened. At the bottom line, it's this. Mississippi State blew it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And it's not a sour grapes thing. I give Arkansas credit for making the plays necessary to win the game. But it's not like they came in here and blew us out. It's not even like they played great defense. They dropped in his own coverage, and uh, our quarterback had some difficulty completing the football and took some real chances with the football. That's got to get better. That's absolutely got to get better. Let me run down some numbers here for you before we uh, kind of move on from this, and let's never speak about this, this horrendous loss again. K.J. Costello, 43 of 59, 313 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions. And if you get back any of those, it's a different ballgame. But when you begin to couple in three three interceptions, it's, it's a much much worse deal. And I only sacked the one time. You drop back to pass 59 times, only get sacked once. Or 60 times, you get sacked once. Uh, Felipe Franks was sacked three times. 20 of 28 for 212 yards for Franks. Again, kind of ball control, but they did hit us and burn us on a couple of busts. Big long pass of 52 yards. Think about that for a second. Uh, 19, 19 completions combined for, what, 160 yards? Dylan Johnson, nine carries for 39 yards. Marks goes 10 for 37. Kyle just a one carry. KJ Costello, four for 15 with a net of four after the uh, the losses. Receiving-wise, Osiris Mitchell, five for 61. Jaden Wiley, six of 56. Marks, 10 of 50. Dylan Johnson, eight of 35. It's 18 catches between the two running backs. Expect to see a lot of that as teams continue to run zone coverage against us. Cam Gardner, 3 for 32. Malik Heath, 5 of 27. Javante Payton had the touchdown. Just two catches for him. Tyrell Shavers, a hero from a week ago. Just three three targets. And Garrett Schrader, of course, with one. Defensively, again, I think we're actually farther ahead than we expected to be. Errol Thompson, 13 tackles. Emerson with eight. A lot of people were questioning his health. I've been told all week that he was fine and could have returned last week. They held him out as a precaution. Had a big game this week. Fred Peters with six, Aaron Brulé with five, and a sack. Marcus Murphy, uh, five this week, a step up from a week ago. And he'd kind of been nursing a hamstring. I don't know if people fully appreciate that. Sean Preston, who was a leading tackler against LSU, gets him five. Furge has five as well. So uh, a lot of others less than that. But uh, the bottom line is this. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, hey, this isn't a bad loss. It is a horrendous loss to a very mediocre and average football team at home. And in many ways, it has kind of uh, taken the luster off that win against LSU. And I understand for people that live in South Mississippi and down in South Louisiana, you think, well, I wouldn't trade that. And a lot of people say, well, you know, Steve, we expect it to be 1-1, one and one, but we should be 2-0. and oh. that, That's the thing. We can't make excuses and, and settle for that and say, well, we should be 1-1 one and one with a loss to LSU and a win over Arkansas. But when you win the one you're not supposed to win – you got to win the one you're expected to win. You can't go beat LSU and then lose to a very mediocre Arkansas team. And, again, I think Sam Pittman's doing a good job changing the culture at Arkansas. And I said on this show before, I think they're going to be better this year. I didn't think they'd be good enough to beat Mississippi State. And uh, with Mississippi State's help, they were. They were able to do it. And uh, that's the thing I think we've got to figure out now. Michael Leach has really got to coach this turnover issue out of K.J. Costello. At the end of the day – that's on KJ. You know, Mike Leach dialed up some plays. We're moving the football. And, again, that's the thing. You go look at some of these sustained drives. 
you're getting some catch and run, and you do miss Kyle and Hill, and that's no excuse. We've recruited four-star running backs. We ought to be able to go out there and play. And, again, I thought the young backs did the best they could. We ran the football a whole lot more than most people anticipated. When we talked about that leading up, if they're going to drop eight, we're going to run the football. Uh, We ran it 24 times. 24 times with a net of 87 yards when you you factor in KJ in there. A lot of run. We had nine yards rushing and win, and then we have 87 and lose. But uh, we got to figure it out. Mike Leach is still the same coach he was a week ago when he was the toast of college football. I know the competitors on this team, they're going to figure some things out, and they're going to be ready to play this weekend. I'm not ready to call that game. It's a real toss-up, and Kentucky's going to be a desperate team at 0-2. And I'm sure they felt like they should have beat Ole Miss over the weekend, and they should have. They should have, but they didn't. Ole Miss found a way to win the ball game, and credit Ole Miss for doing that. You know, it, it, again, bad execution gets you. You miss field goals. Uh, you miss extra points. You go out there and you throw up a, you know, the deuce when uh, you got about 20 yards left to run. You know, wait till you get an end zone to celebrate after you've given the official the, the football back. But, you know, karma is a real thing, and you don't respect the game if kind of things come back and bite you. So, uh, but that's the recap. Again, I'm not going to sit here and try to make you feel good about it because I don't feel good about it. It's a bad loss. It is a bad loss. Mississippi State played down to their competition. And the, the fact that uh, you, know, you give Odom and them some credit for running the game plan that others have run to slow the leech offense down. And as I asked KJ Costello in the postgame, you're going to see it the rest of the year. How do you fix it? That's the million-dollar question right now. I guess we're with the $5 million question right now, right? I'm sure you guys all saw Dak Prescott's having a career year, leading NFL in passing, what's it, 400-plus yards, three straight games. It's very frustrating to see Dak be on a team like that, that the front office has made such abysmal decisions on defense. You, know, you go out and get these high-priced offensive players and you don't do anything to compliment them on defense. It's ridiculous. Uh, it says a lot about that organization. And then to hear Jerry Jones come out and make some comment, negative comment about Dak last week, against Seattle so stupid I almost wish Dak would get out of there I know he's a Cowboys fan but uh, I think he's proven that he's a guy that can move the chains and uh, listen here's the deal too you can probably see what's going to happen with Dallas and some other teams this year so might as well go ahead and make some money off that deal join up with our friends at my bookie lines are already out for college football this weekend go check that out but my bookie obviously is one of those places where you can go invest and get your money. You know, it's as simple as that. And by being a Boneyard listener, you can get some free cash to play with. If you deposit 100 bucks, they're going to gift you 100 bucks. And you can't cash it out, you got to play with it. But they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. Use promo code Boneyard at MyBookie. Use the MyBookie.com uh, website, and uh, they'll get you going. And so you're playing with house money right out of the gate, which kind of, you know, probably makes you be a little more aggressive. But, uh, but either way... If you are a person who likes to have a skin in the game, mybookie.com is absolutely the way to go. And you use promo code Boneyard to activate that offer. Again, that's matching your deposit up to $1,000 uh, for first-time users. Again, code Boneyard, mybookie.com. Okay, today's top 10 list, a good one. Terry Enlow reaches out and says, Hey, Steve, you haven't done KISS yet. And she's right, and I have uh, kind of worked around that. I've had a couple people and said, hey, Steve, we need to do a KISS list. And I haven't done it. It's one of those things I think, surely I've done KISS. I haven't done KISS. We're going to do KISS. You wanted the best. You got the best. Here we go with KISS. And I got a lot of uh, honorable mentions here. And this is a family show. 
So I'm going to do my best to kind of keep it PG-13, okay? Here are the honorable mentions. Going back a few years, Shock Me, that's the great Ace Frilly solo. Strutter, Cold Gen, Deuce, Hard Luck Woman. Actually like Garth Brooks' rendition of that. Psycho Circus, probably one of the last great Kiss songs. I Love It Loud, I Was Made For Loving You, that's when Kiss went disco. I still like the track. Lick It Up and Let's Put The X In Sex. Uh, I think you could probably make a top 10 list just of that. But here is my top 10 list. I got got a couple of insights on this one too, okay? So number 10 is off of Animal Eyes, and it is uh, Heaven's on Fire. So here's what's interesting about that. Um, So the Christian rock group Petra, and you may know who I'm talking about. Petra worked out a deal with Kiss on some licensing about some music, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But Petri basically used the tune to Heaven's on Fire to write the Petra song, Seen and Not Heard. So if you're unfamiliar with that, you go check it out, and you're going to hear some things that are awfully familiar. It's because basically, again, it was a trade-off, and I'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But Heaven's on Fire, the tune to that is Petra's Seen and Not Heard. Number nine is Forever, and that's off the Hot in the Shade album. One of the more underappreciated Kiss albums. I think that was kind of a, that's back when everybody was doing kind of the unplugged thing. And so Kiss jumped on board and absolutely killed it. I, I think Forever is a great tune. Number nine, Crazy Crazy Nights. That was when Kiss really kind of began their resurgence back to the top of the rock charts in the late 80s. Number seven, this might not make your list, but it's one of my favorite Kiss songs. And it's a reason to live. And it's also, again, that same area when Bruce Kulick was a guitar player. Great video, too. Everybody needs a reason to live. Number six, and this completes our little Petra story. So on the uh, Bogus Journey, the Bill and Ted, excellent Bill and Ted Part 2, Bogus Journey, on the soundtrack, there is God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Well, that's an old Petra tune. They used to play that live. Uh, kind of as uh, almost like a doxology of sorts. They would play that, and then people would sing along. And so Kiss wrote a song with God Gave Rock and Roll to You in exchange for this Heavens on Fire thing. And so that's how that, that's the other side of that coin. Most people don't know that, but that's the truth behind that. They worked out a deal and because Kiss wanted to write God Gave Rock and Roll to You, and so they traded out some music and some licensing to kind of make that happen. I think it's kind of a cool thing. It's interesting that considering Kiss's reputation in the late 70s that they would work out a deal with a Christian rock band. But uh, here we go. It reminds me, too, of something that Paul Stanley tweeted here a couple years ago. And I thought, man, how far have we come? Paul Stanley says, uh, you know, basically I'm paraphrasing here. Is he, he's, why is it cooler to spend the time at the club than to have a moral code for living in your life? And I thought, who how far have we come where Paul Stanley used to be considered, you know, a devil worshiper. Now he's the person out here with the voice of reason uh, talking about going to church and having a moral code. It's it's crazy. I guess we all age and mature. Uh, so here we are at the top five. I think most of these are in your top five. One of them, I, I think, is probably the most underappreciated song in the Kiss catalog. But here we go. Number five is Calling Dr. Love. That's one of those songs Gene Simmons sings the, the lead on. Calling Dr. Love, and at some point, I think every well-mannered, testosterone-filled teenager at some point felt that he was Dr. Love, but he wasn't. Maybe in some girl's life, but he wasn't. But it's a great tune. 
Number four, and I started not to put this in the top ten, but I thought it would almost be sacrilege and disrespectful to Peter Chris. but it's Beth. And, uh, you know, Beth is one of those songs back when Kiss was a real rocking band. They, they played Beth when they tuned it down a little bit. Um, but, you know, Gene Simmons didn't like the song. That's what's incredible is Beth was such a huge hit. He didn't like it. He didn't like the, uh, you know, the tuning down and that sort of stuff. But uh, Gene was a member of the band. He wasn't just the leader of the band. And so Beth was a huge hit for Kiss. That was when Kiss was really at their heyday. Number three, I love the original, but I also love Skid Row's version of this on their uh, EP B-Side Ourselves album. But it's Come On and Love Me. That's off the Dress to Kill album. Uh, I, I love the guitar on this. It's one of those, it's got such a good groove. The only thing I don't like about this song is it's only like two, two minutes and 40 seconds long. It's not long enough. Great song, great rhyming pattern. I thought Paul's vocals were great on it. Huge, huge chorus. Come on and love me. Great, great tune. So now we're down to the two, right? We're down to the final two. And you're thinking, okay, I think I know which way Steve's going to go with this. You might be right. But number two for me, Detroit Rock City. That When I was a kid, Kiss was my favorite band. My Uncle Warren used to play guitar uh, in bands all over. Um, he and his buddy Perry, had they were great. They played everywhere. Uh, and he wasn't a big Kiss fan, but I loved Kiss. And uh, whenever Kiss would come on the radio, because I lived with my grandparents since I was a little kid, and uh, he would call me in his room whenever Kiss came on the radio. And usually, that was usually when I was made for loving you was really big. And I got to hear Kiss on the radio, and it was like the biggest thing to me that he shared that with me, that he thought enough of me, even as a little kid, that he wanted me to hear it. And then I remember when um, when the Kiss movie came on television, that was just when I could see the, you know, the makeup and everything. It was just so larger than life to me. It's like I'd see these people on TV playing for Grand Ole Opry, and I thought, okay, well, that's, that's kind of cool. But there was just so much mystery with Kiss. It was almost so much that I thought, you know what, these guys that are playing the Grand Ole Opry look like the guys that I go to church with. They look the guys down at the barbershop. But these guys from Kiss are like superheroes. And so I guess blame them for all, for all of this. But uh, number one for me, and I, don't, I really don't know how you could go any other way, but it's rock and roll all night. It's one of those anthemic songs that kind of defines a generation and defines a decade of music. Absolutely love this song. It's kind of a way of living. I think at some point everybody has gotten in their car and maybe you've had a long day at work or maybe you've had a tough time at home and you just get in the car and you crank this song on and it reminds you of a simpler time. And that's the best thing about music is sometimes it can kind of transport us to a different place. But that's it. That's your top 10 list. If you have a suggestion for the top 10 list, send them on. I have weeded them down pretty good now. There, there are some that I'm not going to do. Just, you know, people that send me lists and I'll just say, I don't know if I can come up with 10 for this and uh, but there have been others that have sent lists that I've absolutely loved. And so if you have an idea, and I had some people at the book signings over the weekend said, Steve, I love a top ten list uh, because it turns me on to some music that I haven't listened to in a while or perhaps I've never listened to. But they like the movies. They like the video games. So if you've got – I don't care what it is. I mean, you know, we've done uh, we've done cartoon characters. We've done dinosaurs. So whatever the top ten list is you want to talk about, send it to me, and uh, we'll get together and talk about it. But that's a top ten list. Hawthorne is back with us. You guys know Hawthorne. And I'll tell you, I, I did a, a, a book signing. Let me No, I went to vote. I went to vote here a couple weeks ago because I'm an American, and I exercise my right to vote, and you don't know who I'm voting for because it's not your business. And I don't care who you're voting for either. But uh, I went to the polls, and uh, the lady you know, recognized me, and uh, we got to talking, and she said, hey, you know, my, uh, my dad listens to your show. 
He's a huge fan. Do you mind if we get a picture? And of course not. And said, you know, just so you know, he bought the bought the cologne too. And I thought, man, how great is this? I have said this before, and, and my, my oldest son was here this weekend, and I, and I let him smell the Hawthorne cologne. It is the best. It is the best cologne that I have ever purchased or ever worn, and uh, you will feel the same way. Go to Hawthorne.co, that's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co, and take the short two-minute quiz. There's so many of you walking around out there with cologne that doesn't fit you. You think it does because you just kind of buy it out of habit. Buy this because it is for you. You're going to love it. I haven't had a single Boneyard listener that has bought the cologne that's been disappointed with it, and you won't be either. Again, it's Hawthorne.co, and use promo code Boneyard to unlock some savings for yourself. Again, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co, Boneyard. Let's look around the league and kind of see how we did last weekend. Okay, so Florida took care of South Carolina pretty much as we expected them to, but South Carolina scored a little more than I thought. 38-24 is the final, and again, you know, Dan Mullen gets up, what, you know, 38-17 and just kind of mails it in there. But, uh, you know, maybe Florida's not as good as on, on defense as we expect them to be. You know, we thought they have a chance to get in the playoffs. But uh, and they may. They still do. But uh, they're not nearly as dominant on defense. And, you know, that's you know, South Carolina. I know Mike Bobo's there. And they've got their – you know, they've got Kyle in the quarterback there. But it just simply shouldn't be this difficult. I'm still waiting for the Florida defense to kind of show up. They haven't yet. Tennessee takes care of Mizzou. Again, not a big surprise there, 35-12. to 12. And uh, there's a lot of juice in the media about Tennessee again. People are thinking, okay, maybe this is the comeback. It's hard to argue that what, that's the nation's longest winning streak now. You know, they found a way to win, and they're, they're not flashy. You know, they just kind of beat you with old-school football, and uh, winning is winning. 35-12, uh, Missouri – struggles offensively again they they are anemic on offense and that was supposed to be uh you know Drinkwitz's uh, calling card unless it's just two games in we're not ready to you know start calling the hot seat or anything but uh, they are really having some trouble on offense Alabama blast Texas A&M it was a game for a while it was 14 nothing A&M comes back to tie at 14 all and then it was all Bama the rest of the way A&M is going to play Florida this week it's going to be interesting to see that how that game works out but um I really like the Gators, and again, I think A&M shows up here one and two, and I still think that A&M game is a huge game for Mississippi State. Ole Miss goes to Lexington and wins, and it's easy to pick this thing apart and say, well, if this didn't happen, but listen, here's the bottom line. Ole Miss made the plays to win the ball game. Simple as that. Kentucky did some things to shoot themselves in the foot, but Ole Miss took full advantage, and I'll give credit where credit is due. Uh, Ole Miss goes down open and drive, and they score. Kentucky goes back and drives right down, and then the kid throws the deuces up, gets called for behind, and then fumbles at the one. If not, Kentucky goes three for three on touchdowns in the first quarter. And you kind of felt like, you know what, Kentucky's going to be able to run away with this thing. It should have been 21-7 after one. It wasn't. It was 14-7. Kentucky scores late in the second half, in the second quarter to go up at half, and you just felt like it's all going to be okay. Ole Miss scores two touchdowns late in the fourth quarter to tie it, force overtime. Kentucky misses a field goal late and an extra point. And so Ole Miss wins the football game. Simple as that. And, again, you can pick it apart, but the bottom line is Ole Miss made the plays win. Kentucky didn't. Kentucky had a chance to win. They didn't, much like the Mississippi State thing. I think Kentucky is a better team than Ole Miss. I think Mississippi State's a better team than Arkansas. But at the end of the day, you don't play these games on paper. It doesn't matter how good everybody thinks you are. you got to go out and perform and execute – Ole Miss did, Kentucky didn't, and now Kentucky is 0-2. 
and that'll be a very desperate Kentucky team that when we get up there this weekend, you know as well as I do, they're thinking, okay, we can get Mississippi State. Uh, but look at the success that Ole Miss had throwing the football this week. Uh, it's going to be awfully interesting. LSU destroyed Vanderbilt just as we all expected, 41-7. to Again, LSU is going to get it going. They're going to get it going. I still think they're a 7-3 and type team, but they're going to figure it out. Um, Auburn and Georgia, a lot of people expected this to be a low-scoring close game. I, I really thought Auburn would be a little bit better offensively. They do not score a touchdown in the game and get beat 27-6. to And in many respects, the game was over at the halftime, 24-3. Georgia defense kind of took over from there. Georgia, once they get this quarterback situation resolved, they're, they're really going to be in the thick of things. I know Tennessee plays Georgia this weekend. A lot of people are thinking, man, it's going to be a great game, and it may be. I just think George is going to be able to out-athlete him. And we'll get into all that a little bit later uh, in the week as we kind of preview things. But listen, another great week of football. And again, uh, nobody's stadium burst into flames. You know, I mean, we didn't have aliens coming, abduct spectators. Uh, Everybody's doing okay, you know. And so we just kind of continue to move forward and be careful with all this. And uh, one of the things I had somebody tell me, true or untrue, had somebody share this with me, and I think there's probably a little bit to this. Is you know, they test all these coaches and players, and and then they fuss about the mask. You know, like if you're in the stands at your seat, you don't have to wear your mask. But I was told that one of the reasons that they want officials and coaches to wear the mask is to encourage mask wearing because they want that out. They don't want people to get bad habits and think, okay, well, it's time to relax. I don't know if it's true or not, but it makes sense to me. If these people are tested and they're around other people that are COVID negative and they're outside and, you know... <laughs> It would make sense that you wouldn't have to wear your mask, but they're encouraging people to wear their mask because they want to set a good example. So, again, true or untrue, I think it's probably true because it kind of lends some credence to, uh, to what we've been told all along. Uh, but be that as it may, I was at Campus Book Mart on Saturday, and Campus Book Mart's great, and I tell you, I got a chance to, uh, to hang out with the lovely and talented Susie. Uh, she's great. Miss Kathy Brown is great. Stan the Man is great. I tell you, it was so great to be back. And it was so busy. Everywhere that I went this weekend, it was busy. And there were a lot of people that were in town that weren't even going to the game. They just wanted to be in Starkville. They missed coming to Starkville. They're doing their Christmas shopping. Say, you know what? Hey, we're going up here and we're going to a barbecue at some friends' houses. And uh, we're going to tailgate at their place. Or we're going to go eat at a local restaurant. But uh, we're doing our shopping because we still got to get our Christmas stuff done. And they were in town. And I don't know if it's possible, but I think that Susie has gotten even more lovely since uh, last season. I mean, she's aging uh, exceptionally well, if we should all be so lucky. But uh, listen, they got so much cool stuff at Campus Book March. You can go by and check them out. And if you can't make it to town, or perhaps you don't have tickets this year, you just, you just think, you know what, Steve, I'm going to do my Christmas shopping online. Visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, and that'll save you shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. And any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. We had such a great time. So many Boneyard listeners came out and said hello. I uh, wish I remembered everybody else's name. We sold a ton of books. Everywhere I went, it was hot all weekend. Uh, Friday night, I was downtown, sold a bunch of books, sold books all day Saturday, and then spent the afternoon, kind of a chill afternoon downtown, because some of you guys left town after the loss. You didn't feel like hanging around Starbucks on Sunday. But uh, be that as it may, it's been great. Uh, got the report this morning from uh, Ms. Carolyn Abadie for uh, their top ten list at uh, Book Martin Cafe, which in turn is turned into the Clarion Ledger as part of the Mississippi uh, bestsellers list. And uh, I'm happy to say that Alpha Dogs is number one 
And then on the top 10 list as well is Flim Flam and Stark Villains. And that, that's very encouraging and humbling at the same time. I thank you guys for that. And there were so many people this weekend that bought all three books, and uh, which is interesting. I had a couple people said, hey, I'm buying these for my brother. I'm buying these for my son, who's a big Bulldog fan that lives out of state. Uh, and so people buying all three books. And I would say most people bought villains and alpha dogs together. And then, there, of course, there are a lot of people that said, hey, Steve, I've already got the first two books and uh, listen, when you guys tag me in those pictures on Facebook, it, it, it does not bother me in the least. It warms my soul to, to see that level of support from you guys. Uh, I've worked really hard on these books. We will have an announcement very, very soon. I kind of teased some things. and I told you I didn't plan on writing a book next year. It looks like I'm going to ha- actually write two. Uh, I'm going to work on that book of poetry this, fall, this holiday season, and that'll be a much, much smaller project. It's really just a chance for me to to kind of save some of these things that I've worked on over the years. Uh, but then we're going to have another sports book next year. And hopefully it'll be out in time for football season. That's the plan. But uh, we haven't signed documents yet. We've, we've made some agreements in principle. But uh, I'll have some announcements with that very, very soon. And it's something I'm very, very, very excited about. And it's one of these things, too. It's, this is not, it's going to be different from uh, villains and alpha dogs. There are some stories out there that Mississippi State fans have um, had some suspicions about and maybe even some allegations about some things that have happened in relation to Mississippi State athletics and Mississippi State football. And so if things proceed as I expect them to, I'm going to be able to kind of share some of that stuff with you and uh, going to be working with some of the same people I'm working with now and uh, – I'm ready to kind of sink my teeth into it because, if again, if things go forward as we expect, I'm going to have access to some documents that I've always wanted to see. And we're going to do our best to publicize and promote that for the first time ever. We're going to do our best to publish those private documents for the first time and put them out into the public for you guys to see it. I mean, they're public documents, but you guys haven't had access to them, so we're going to do our best to give you access. And so that's next year. But before we get to all of that, you need to kind of warm your soul with some winning tales of Bulldog sports by reading Alpha Dogs. Uh, I'm very, very proud of the work. We worked exceptionally hard on this. This is my quarantine project. I actually turned the book in early, and then we spent probably an extra month editing it just because we wanted to find a way to make it as good as we possibly could. I am really proud of the work, and uh, the early reviews from you guys have been outstanding. It's so great to go to book signings and people show up, and and, uh, you guys are always so excited. Man, you make a boy from South Mississippi feel awful special. But if you haven't bought Alpha Dogs, you're going to be able to find it uh, just about everywhere in Mississippi at some point soon. I know that uh, the Bulldog Shop in Meridian has them now. Uh, Lemuria Books has them now, and you can get it all over Starkville. I know that uh, the Bay Books in Bay St. Louis has it now. And, uh, again, I'll I'll put a list out soon, but – I've got a private event deal Tuesday evening for a short time. And then Wednesday, I'm going to be at the farm in Rueville, Mississippi again. I went there last year. We had a great time. Uh, the homie Sam Denton set all that up. We had a great time last time. We'll have a great time this time. And then on Thursday, from 2.30 to 5.30, I'm going to be at the Y'all Lifestyle Store in uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi. That's the Bow Bound Store. Uh, come by, say hello, come get books. Bo's even going to feed you. You can get food and beverage and come get your books and come hang out and uh, and talk some football. We can kind of 
talk about all the things that went wrong and, and what's ahead for Kentucky. Mike Neiman and I will be headed to Lexington this weekend. I know that uh, some of you are thinking, you know what, I'll just sit home and watch it. Uh, we're going to go and provide full coverage. We think we've got a pretty good plan in place for coverage. We involve everybody, even the guys that don't travel, because we have uh, you know some remote uh, Zoom call type stuff where we can kind of get in there and watch and see what's going on. And so Mike and I will be there on site, and uh, we'll figure it out from here. But, uh, you know, Robbie's doing uh, play-by-play for Starkville now, so he's going to, on most away games, he's going to uh, kind of work from home to help us on Saturdays, and then Paul and David will do the same. And then we'll kind of work some things out, and then Mike will stay home, and David will go with me to Georgia. So we're, it's all this we're kind of figuring out as we go. It's not like it has been. But, uh, listen, we're enjoying bringing you guys coverage of Mississippi State. Had a huge month last month, one of the biggest months in our history, over on jeanspage.com. You should come check it out. And if you're and listen, if you're looking for books, you can get all of them at alphadogsthebook.com. Go to alphadogs, D-A-W-G-S, thebook.com. Alphadogsthebook.com. You can get Flim Flam, Stark Villains, and Alpha Dogs there. You can get them signed. And, and if you want them personalized, that gives you a section to say what you want me to write. There are some people that they'll order the, the signed book, but they don't put the notes and then they're like, hey, Steve, you signed it, but you didn't personalize it. And it's not anything intentional, but if you put in the notes, hey, please have Steve signed to, you know, to Jim or to Mary, Hell State or whatever, uh, then I'll do that. And so that's how you make that stuff happen. If you order it from a bookstore, you might not get the opportunity to get them personalized. And so that's kind of where we stand. And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear because it is hoodie weather now, you can find your Stark Villains hoodies at StarkVillains.com. And if you live locally, you can get them in your own school colors. How about that? And your kids that are going to high school would love to have a cool shirt that not everybody else has in their school colors. Again, at StarkVillains.com. Go check it out today. That's going to do it for today. I'll be back on Wednesday. We'll kind of preview everything. We'll be talking to Mike Leach here shortly, and uh, we'll see how things go. And uh, I don't expect an injury report. People are concerned about Kyle and Hill. He's in concussion protocol now. We'll see how he responds. And then uh, – see if he's available for Saturday. But, uh, you know, again, it's one of these things you never know from one week to the next uh, who's banged up, who has COVID, whatever, and everybody's kind of dealing with the same issues. But we will figure it out and kind of move ahead and uh, look forward to visiting with you guys on Wednesday. But, again, that's going to do it for today. Hope you guys have a great week. The sun did come up yesterday and today, and uh, we have been in worse positions before. And uh, I, I have the utmost confidence in KJ Costello and and Mike Leach, and I know what competitors they are, they will figure this thing out. Until then, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.